Welcome back to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Jalen Bowden, and today we are in for a real treat. We'll be talking all about keys to a lifestyle of overcoming, and I cannot wait for you to meet our guest and hear the incredible wisdom that he has to share. And just before we dive in, I wanted to remind us all that the heart of everything we do here at Brilliant is always rooted in relational learning. It's the idea that every single circumstance in our life is an opportunity and an invitation from the Lord to bring us into deeper fellowship with Him. It's where we are completely safe to explore the constancy of His heart and His character towards us. And these interviews are where we have the chance to take a deeper dive into this learning process and talk about what it really looks like to live in this brilliant reality with God. So today, I am joined by special guest and president of Brilliant Perspectives, Dion Vanzel. Hey, Jalen, what a joy. Oh, I am so excited. And Dion, if there is one thing I can say about you, it's that you are a man of many hats. It's unbelievable. You have been a pastor. You've been a student with degrees from theology to engineering to business. I mean, you have been an author, a parent to four amazing children, and that's just scratching the surface of the vast experience and the wisdom that you carry. So I wanted to just take a moment and give our listeners a chance to connect with you and, you know, hear about your heart and your learning journey with the Lord. So can you kick us off with a little introduction about yourself and, you know, what you are passionate about in the kingdom? Yes. So originally, you know, my family are from South Africa. I've lived in Atlanta for over 30 years. So we've uh, raised our kids here and they all married southerners so we're like southerners in every way but accent you know so we're all in shrimp and grits all of it uh, we do love living in the south um, but I was very radically saved at 14 so I have no Christian background I think I'd been in church maybe three times in my life up to that point maybe you know two marriages and a funeral or something I, I don't know what it was but so at 14 I was on a youth camp and uh and we were praying together as a small little group. And we were sitting around. I didn't even remember what they were talking about. And the leader said, hey, we're going to pass this little Bible around. And when you get a Bible, it's your turn to pray. I'd never prayed in my life. <laughs> I'm not sure I even ever opened a Bible before, you know. So when it came my turn and somebody handed me the Bible, it felt like I was sitting in an egg that was really pitch dark. And it felt like the top of the egg just crashed through and this light just beamed in. And it was just pure love you know it was like in that moment I knew that I knew that I knew that I was loved and I accepted the Lord and just to give a spot of just how radical a conversion can be I stuttered severely as a young kid and I was extremely shy and so a few minutes later we were all 200 teenagers all together and they asked did anybody have anything to share and before I could stop myself I'd raised my hand and I got up and I talked for five minutes without stuttering Wow. And I sat down and I broke into a cold sweat because I just talked to people, <laughs> a lot of them. And I was frightened out of my mind retrospectively. Uh-huh. And at that moment on, I never started again. And, uh, you know, that was the starting my story. But where we are now today is brilliant. You know, I love that we get to teach people how to walk in their new creations in Christ. You know, mm-hmm. how do you How do you walk in that newness? And you never have to lose that first love. You Mm -hmm. never, in fact, it's meant to get stronger and stronger. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's, that's the top and tail end of the story. (laughs) 
Wow, that's really powerful. I love hearing your background. And when I think of you, I know in our community, we are always reminding people to love the learning. You know, and that's the idea that all of our circumstances have potential to teach us more about who God is and who we get to be in him, including the fact that we are learning to be overcomers all the time. And Dion, to me, you very much so embody the heart of brilliant, of learning to love the process because the learning happens at every single stage along the journey with God and not just at the outcome. So I'm really excited to hear from you because I know that you don't just love the process, but somehow with God, you are just always able to extract every little bit of wisdom and revelation that comes with it. So I'm really curious to know in your own experience and journey, you know, what does it look like and what does it mean to be an overcomer? And if I can be specific, what does it look like to walk through difficult circumstances as a new creation in Christ? Yeah, I'm glad you made that distinction. Um, I think that you grow in your understanding of that. I think when you're a young believer, you think it's all about the outcomes. You know, you think, hey, when my outcomes get better, I will feel better. You know, we even say things like, I'll be so glad when this is over, meaning that I'm not going to be glad now. I'm yeah. going to not give myself permission to be glad. I'll be glad when it's all done. But I think as we grow up in Christ, we learn that it's what if breakthrough is not the changing of my circumstances? It's not a downstairs, practical, physical world change. What if it's who I'm becoming? What if the breakthrough is who I became in that process, the upgrade? And, you know, we've gone through, you know, all our challenges through life. I mean, changing countries is a very big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and we had to learn then. So I think you learn it in layers and um, you know, you you hit it right in the introduction. It comes down to relational learning, and maybe some people don't know what that is, but to me, relational learning is direct learning from Jesus. So Jesus said in Matthew ten twenty eight, "Come to me, all you are weak and heavy laden. I will give you rest and learn from me." So there's an invitation to learn directly from Him. Mm -hmm. So when you're going through tough circumstances as a believer, this is the most beautiful opportunity for you to learn directly. And the kindness of God is that he doesn't just teach you one thing. It's like he stacks them, he piles them all up. Mm -hmm. And that's where, where you get to extract all the wisdom out of a bad circumstance because it's direct learning. And then he gave us the Holy Spirit to make sure that all his words we got, you know. And this whole idea of, direct words or direct learning, we can often end up with secondhand learning. We can end up other people telling us about Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we didn't want our, our kids to know about the Lord. We wanted them to know the Lord. Mm -hmm. Teach, raise your kids to know the Lord, not know about him. So same, we can sometimes fall into secondhand learning. You know, we, we hear sermons about the Lord, but we don't actually know the Lord himself. And we don't know what his words are to us right now. And Jesus said to the father in John 17, father, I gave them the words you gave me and they know you and they believe in you and they believe that you sent me. And then Jesus said, these words I give you so that you may have joy and so that your joy may be full. So God gives, Jesus gives you words to make you happy. <laughs> and, and, you know, religious stuff says, well, you can't be happy when circumstances are bad. Mm -hmm. You can't be peaceful when, when nothing's peaceful in your life. Actually, 
as a new creation in Christ, incredible miracles. We can have peace in very unpeaceful situations and we can have joy. We're not taking joy in the terrible things that are happening. We're taking joy in who God is for us mm -hmm. and that we trust him and know him. We're taking joy in the fact that he has overcome the world. You know, when Jesus said, in me, you'll have peace, but in the world, you will have trouble. Or in brilliant language, upstairs, you'll have peace. Downstairs, you will have trouble. <laughs> but be of good cheer. Be happy. Why? Because I've overcome the world. I don't have to overcome the world. He's overcoming my circumstances, and I'm in him. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's beautiful. And I love you. You hit the nail on the head when you were talking about, you know, Christ in us. And I just, I love the distinction because it means so much to me that, you know, we are a habitation of God by the spirit. And so we don't have a visitational relationship with God. So we're not waiting around for something to happen. We have his fullness now, right? So we can have peace in the midst of difficult circumstances. And, you know, we are so passionate here at Brilliant about helping people realize just how empowered they are. I think that is really the thing because, you know, the fullness of life they have and the access they have to Jesus, the direct access. And one of, I think the hardest things for me has been seeing people get stuck on the hamster wheel of striving or never feeling good enough or oh, strong yeah. enough or faithful enough, you know, and it's at the core, it's, it's because of a misunderstanding or even a lack of knowledge of their identity in Christ. And, you know, Dion, I, I can imagine as a pastor, as a parent, as a business leader, you have probably seen this happen a lot. So I'm wondering if you could just speak for a moment, you know, and touch on what are some of the obstacles you've seen people face when it comes to, you know, the topic of, of overcoming and how it relates to our identity in Christ? Yeah, you know, exactly. I think as you were saying that, that key scripture we gave a second ago about in me, you will have peace in the world, you'll have trouble, but be a good cheer for I, Jesus, has, have overcome. So until we learn to rest in the overcomer, we don't become overcomers. As we teach it brilliant, you start from the end point. You already have fullness, you already have Christ, but now you learn, you have to discover and practice. So you're discovering your new nature and you're practicing it until it becomes permanent. Even as a as a pastor, as a leader, as somebody who had a spiritual mentor, I did not live in perfect peace, meaning I didn't live in peace all the time. Mm -hmm. My peace was transactional. When I was under stress, I tried to get more peace. I think a lot of believers do that. Mm -hmm. But it was really only, you know, five or six years ago when I went through a pretty big crisis, everything I'd been building for several decades collapsed. And I ended up in a very adversarial situation uh, with business partners and it was it was an incredibly brutal and very lonely time mm -hmm. and I remember at that time talking to Graham and uh, you know he talked about you know this is a perfect time to practice your peace because you can't practice peace when everything's peaceful mm -hmm. so you know so we just learned to practice peace and what was really helpful to me in learning to become an overcomer in that moment was I wasn't just desperate for the circumstances to be resolved, but I was really keen to get the most of what God wanted for me in this circumstance. I didn't want to waste the crisis, you know. Mm -hmm. So we would practice our peace and it would last for two and a half minutes. We practice it again, last for five minutes, <laughs> you know, we just kept practicing. And after a while, we're like, hey, it's been days, you know, it's been three days. And then, you know, Graham describes it really well. It's like, 
standing on the 20th floor, hitting the button in the elevator, and the elevator rises up to meet you. Okay. Pieces are not like that. You're calling something. The kingdom of God is within you. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they live in you. It's not a transaction. He's not out there somewhere. And somehow we have to dial, dial in the knobs and try and attract him to get something from him. It's yeah. not transactional. It's relational. So, I've, you know, you practice it and then you realize, hey, it's lasted for a month. And then it gets to a point that it's pretty permanent. It's not never perfect. You may have a minute or two, but you know quickly how to go back into. So you mm -hmm. practice and practice and practice until it becomes permanent. Mm -hmm. And the same with, you know, joy and, and the other fruit of the spirit. Because the fruit of the spirit is just a description of your new nature in Jesus. And so what does that mean? That means you can live in this extraordinary life where you are at peace and you are in joy in the midst of tough circumstances. That's mm -hmm. what I think it needs to be over and overcome. And I think a more than overcomer is that the enemy just stops pitching up for the fight. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. don't take her on, man. She just will go into peace and joy. There's no good in that. <laughs> Every time we attack her, she just becomes more in Jesus. Well, will you stop attacking her, please? Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that's what it means. Uh, it's, it's a funny way of thinking about it. <laughs> Uh -huh. I love that. I know Graham talks about how, you know, being more than a conqueror, it's when the enemy doesn't even show up to the fight because <laughs> yeah, he knows he can't right. win. Well, you're working, he works against himself, right? He can't help himself. So, you know, he is going to fulfill the purposes of God, whether he wants to or not. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> yeah, because we're not trying to overcome. Jesus is the overcomer. We mm -hmm. just We just stay in Christ and therefore we're of good cheer because he's overcome the world. Yeah. And so we become like children. I'm so excited, Lord. I'm really excited to see how you're going to overcome this situation. Mm -hmm. And we learn from him and we become like him in that, uh, you know, we practice our new nature until it's permanent. Yes. And I love that. I think talking about practice is a big key here because I think some people maybe when they don't understand relational learning, that God is so happy to walk with us and so happy each time we take a step and we learn from it, right? And so when we step into relational learning with God, we let go of powerlessness. We let go of focusing on negatives. And, you know, one of the things that I love the most about when I first started at Brilliant, I feel like I was really challenged and stretched to always think in the language of possibilities. And so instead of a problem, it was, okay, now let's think of a couple of different possibilities that exist and how we can pivot and move forward. And it really challenged me to get out of that negative thinking. And the more I practiced, the more quickly, you know, I would start trying to see, okay, what's God doing here? Who does he want to be for me? You know, you really start to reframe those mindsets and realize that in the kingdom, everything starts with the gift, right? And we have that expectation that we're going to have experiences and encounters of his grace and his favor and his permission and authority because of our placement in him, right? Christ and me and me and Jesus. Um, and so I was thinking about this story. I'll never forget the first time I heard you talk about walking through difficult situations and you use this analogy called the crawl space. And, you know, I thought this would be a perfect picture just to kind of share with our community and to talk about what it looks like when we are walking through difficulties and who the Lord wants to be for us there and what he's growing in us. So would you just take a moment and tell us a little bit about what does the crawl space mean to you? What's in it? And, you know, what's on the other side of it? Oh, yeah. That is, I think that you, that growth in the Lord, it, you grow up to a certain point, then you hit a ceiling. Mm -hmm. 
And the way you get through that, you break through that ceiling is God gives you a shortcut called the crawl space. And the analogy I get in my mind is in South Africa, we have these huge caves, you know, they're just natural occurring caves. And some of the caves are connected with very small little tunnels. They're on the ground. You're on all fours. It's very dark. If you're claustrophobic, you're not going to like the story. And you've got all these tons of rock above you and so on. But if you're claustrophobic, forget that bit of the story. But the point is you go through this very dark space and there's just, you're literally following the person in front of you. And the reason you go through this tunnel is because there's a much bigger cave on the other end. And the only way to access that cave is through that tunnel. And sometimes God, you're in a certain space and God wants to take you to a much bigger space quickly. So he puts you through a crawl space because that's how kind he is. And so at that point, it looks like your world's collapsed, you know, that everything looks terrible. You know, it looks from the downstairs point of view, it looks as bad as it can be. But upstairs, it's as good as it gets. I remember going through my last big crawl space, Graham saying to me, man, I'm so jealous you're in the crawl space. I said, do you want to swap? He said, I would actually, if we could. I said, really? And he said, yeah, because I know what's on the other end. Mm-hmm. And so the crawl space is a place that's just big enough for you and the Lord. And it's humbling. You're on all fours. It's dark. You can't see deadly squat. You know, <laughs> you're, you're just pitch, pitch darkness and you're crawling along. And all the bad stuff's getting scraped off you. <laughs> you come out the other end into this vast place you never imagined God would take you to. It's, you know, that place he's prepared beforehand. And, you know, and so he saves years and years and years of learning by you just jump the curve. And uh, it's like, you know, electrons jump to different levels for all the scientists in, you know, might be listening and it's, uh, you know, you jump from one level to the next and it happens in a very short period of time because the Lord's that kind. It's the, it's the shortcut in the spirit from, from one level to the next, you know. So I think that in that new place, you discover so much about who he is, who he is is the main thing. And then we derive from that our identity. Our identity is a derivative thought of his identity. It's the natural cause of when I see that he is kind and that he's good, I become kind and I become good. When I see that he is faithful, that he's patient, that he is peaceful, I become faithful, patient, and peaceful. I I start to take on the fullness of his new nature in me. And it's not something I have to attain. He's already given me the fullness of himself. He's got to teach me to walk in it. We just need to learn to live the place Jesus put us in. We're in Christ. It's genius, really. <laughs> Dion, I don't know if you saw, I was scribbling furiously because I had so many thoughts on what you just shared. You know, I love, I feel like what you were talking about, it points to this idea that, you know, God is always the initiator and we, our whole life is just a response to him, right? And so I want to go back to something you said, but just about, you know, how how Jesus has already overcome. And so we're just learning how to press into Jesus how to stand in victory. And so what does it look like to learn to abide in that place? And I thought specifically of, you know, I've heard Graham say this before, but he has said, you know, I've won more battles in rest than I ever have in faith. And so I'm just wondering if anything comes to mind about what it looks like to rest and abide in God during those difficulties and during those challenges. Yeah, rest is the most powerful statement of trust that we can make to the Lord. If if I, I cannot rest, if I don't believe that God is for me, that he's got the situation and that I trust him, 
I wouldn't rest, right? If somebody came up to me and said, hey, let me, let me invest all your life savings. Um, if I don't trust them, I wouldn't give them. And if I did, I'd be panicked. I'd be checking up on them every day. How's my savings going? How, you know, how's the investments going? Because I want to take it back. So I think a lot of times we, we want to take it back. And what rest does is it, it's, a, um, it's a gift. So it's not we have to achieve rest or we don't have to act more peaceful or more joyful. It's not us mimicking uh, Jesus' nature. It's us being his nature right so the being is that it's already it's already there you have a new nature rest is the starting place because there's a childlikeness right uh, when i have my little granddaughter who's two and she's she jumps you know in the pool she jumps straight into my arms or you know if i'm you know sometimes they'll jump and you're not even quite ready for them but there's just such complete trust they just launch themselves onto you right. and that's a good picture we launch ourselves you know into his goodness because we know that we know that we know that god is good and he's faithful he will catch me he's got it yeah. that's beautiful Dion wow I, I feel like I can listen to you share forever because it just makes me think so much about the nature of God and you know the fruit of the spirit like you were saying it's just a description of who we get to be now right and so I think what I would like to ask is one of our final questions is just what is one of the most you know valuable pieces of wisdom that you've learned over the years or you know just one key takeaway that's really helped you in your journey that you would love to just pass on to our community yeah that you know i think as leaders especially people who are very driven you know we think we're the savior <laughs> so we try to be and um, you're not the savior he's the savior and therefore, he's the overcomer, and um, it's it's an it's an incredible mystery because we don't have to die to self. Self died on the cross. Jesus died as you, but you were raised as him. And I think when I've seen people who battle to overcome, is they got stuck at the cross instead of being stuck in the resurrection. Mm -hmm. So the cross is you know Jesus died for me and enabled this. This is beautiful and true. But then we move to the resurrection. So we go into the resurrection. Analogy might be, uh, you know, you're you're a real mess. You're a little kid, and you're a real mess. You're playing in the mud, and your and your your parents bring you in and put you in the shower, and they clean you all up. And now the spiritual equivalent of that, of course, is being born again. All your sins dealt with. You're made new nature. You new new person. Now imagine how weird it would be if the child held on to the bathtub. So I'm just going to stay here because I'm just grateful. I'm so grateful for being clean. You know, I was dirty once and now I'm clean. But what happens, you got stuck at the cross. So I'm just going to stay at the bathtub. And I'm just going to, you know, and, and the parents say, I want to take you on a plane flight to the ocean and we're going to go on a, you're going on a vacation. And you go, no, I just want to stay at the bathtub. You know, I just want to be grateful. I just remember the time that I was full of mud and now I'm not. And, and so, you know, C.S. Lewis said, it's not that God wants us finds our passions too strong is that he finds them too weak we're like a child sitting in the backyard playing in mud because we cannot visualize a holiday at the seaside mm. so you know i think that i think is the number one issue of being an overcomer you have to know you serve a great jesus mm -hmm. resurrected jesus and he's so great he dreams great dreams for you and at some point in your life you have to settle the issue that he's good 
and that he's great. He's magnificent. He's a king. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead, scriptures, resides in you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's your power. That's the David in you that's going to over, overthrow the Goliath. Wow, Dion, I think this is a perfect place to kind of land the plane of just keeping eyes on Jesus. And, you know, I love that anytime I've heard Graham talk about, you know, warfare or battles or walking through difficulty, he is always so enamored with the majesty and the beauty of Jesus. And that is always our starting place for, you know, walking through difficulties and learning how to be um, recipients of the victory that Jesus has already given us. So um, one last thing I wanted to touch on, I know you gave us a couple of examples and analogy with children and parenting. And Dion, I said that you have many, many hats. And one of those hats is that you and your wife, Bridget, who we've actually interviewed on the podcast before, um, you have this curriculum called Parenting with the Holy Spirit. Can you just tell us really briefly about your heart behind it? And, you know, what does that look like? What does that entail? Yeah. So we first learned that uh, we were just married and we were with David Griffiths, uh, my spiritual dad. And, uh, and he looked at us and said, you do know that you can parent your children in the spirit. The Holy Spirit would love to explain that to you. That's all he ever told us. That was it. And from that was born an entire ministry. So we came up with ideas like knowing, you know, how are, are our kids known in heaven? Because, you know, you, you parent to their identity in Christ. You don't parent to their personality, to their gifts, their talents, their abilities. Uh, you don't parent to that. You know, you yes, you develop all of that. You develop all that downstairs stuff. But the primary is who's this eternal being? that's going to push back darkness. And the Holy Spirit is their primary educator, guide, and coach. And that's why Bridget's book is called Wired to Parent, is God has already wired you to parent in the spirit. We just need to awaken to that reality. Wow, Dion. I mean, I really appreciate you just taking the time to share a little bit about your story, your experience, your wisdom that, you know, you've just learned with God along this journey. And for our listeners out there and our brilliant community, don't be too sad that we're ending this podcast now because you will get a little bit more of Dion in the future. So thank you so much, Dion, and we'll see you next time. My pleasure. Thank you.